This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest professors to your fingertips with more than 500 courses on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more. The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming or DVD and CD. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace without the pressure of homework or exams. And now, for a limited time only, The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including Latin 101, Learning a Classic Language. For this limited time 80% offer, go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Michael Warren. And Michael, I think it's safe to say that Bo Bergdahl will not be the star of any films made by Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Probably not. He's, he's sort of uh, revealed himself to be uh, the anti-American sniper. So uh, if, if it's a Clint Eastwood film, it will be a very... Uh, uh, a very negative one on uh, on Bo Bergdahl. You know, it would be very emotionally satisfying for us to sit here for a few minutes and just beat the snot out of both what Bo Bergdahl had to say about the U.S. military, about the way he endangered and, in fact, probably cost the lives of American soldiers, et cetera. But that's the military aspect. I'm interested, Michael, in your analysis of the political aspect, two pieces of it. One, what does it do to President Obama to have his own military, his own generals, say we are going to try this guy as a deserter? And then what does it do in the long run that the president of the United States made the deal he made for a guy like Bergdahl? I think it undercuts uh, the president's credibility. I mean, let's go back to, uh, what was it, May 31st, 2014, uh, into June, uh, when they were uh, the administration was making this case, they had the Rose Garden uh, uh, speech announcing that Bergdahl was being released. They brought Bergdahl's parents. This was supposed to be a, uh, a joyous time for the country uh, because uh, not only were we getting back this prisoner of war who had been gone for five years under the Taliban's uh, uh, control, uh, but it was a wind down of the war. Well, uh, the. the truth is is that it was neither uh, of course he was a deserter he 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 left uh, his post uh, and and uh, and had some sort of allegiance to uh, the Taliban and his captors uh, and also uh, that that the war is not over uh, this was supposed to be sort of a winding down of operations and oh this is such a normal thing for at the end of a war for the belligerents to sort of trade these people off of course american soldiers were killed looking for this guy, and uh, the Americans, uh, we gave up five of the most dangerous Taliban uh, terrorists uh, out there, and they'll be out of uh, captivity in Qatar in just a couple months. And, you know, there's so many uh, other aspects that uh, that are brought to mind about, by the events surrounding this. For example, you just mentioned that uh, he risked lives in Afghanistan, while Bo Bergdahl is being, you know, uh, presented to go to trial, we've got the head of Afghanistan coming to the United States to thank the Americans for their support and for our sacrifices. And you've got the president announcing that our soldiers are going to stay in Afghanistan longer, which means the Taliban that we released that theoretically could be harming us now will have more time and more soldiers to target to harm us because this Bergdahl deal. This is almost in a way, Michael, the timing makes a bad story for the White House that much worse. Absolutely. It, it gives the Taliban all the more reason to risk 
uh, trying to capture one of our soldiers. Uh, you know, we think about uh, the the young woman who was captured by ISIS, uh, uh, and, uh, and and the Bo Bergdahl trade was uh, was reportedly uh, a part of their. Uh, decision to to hold her, to capture her, and 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 to kill her. So th- these kind of decisions are paid attention to by uh, people, by tyrants uh, in, in that part of the world. Uh, they they pay attention to how we react, uh, what we do in these situations, and they they act accordingly. And and in the end, uh, the United States is left with really raw deals. And you have to wonder uh, why does the president keep doing this? Well, I understand that uh, the Iranians have finally made a concession. They're not going to force President Obama personally to mix their yellow cake for them when they run their centrifuges. So that is one thing they've conceded. You've got to, I've got to believe, this is a, you know, a person paying attention, that the Iranians watched the Bergdahl deal. They watched what the, pre- the White House was prepared to give away for one discredited soldier, and they're thinking, we can take this guy. It's going to be Christmas morning when this final deal is done. Absolutely. If, if Christmas weren't outlawed in, uh, in Iran. Ah, good point. Uh, <laughs> I don't it, know the gift-giving traditions of Eid, but uh, <laughs> it would be similar. Well, no, and this is, this is the same uh, sort of thing uh, that I was just referring to. The, the, the actors in this world, good and, and bad, pay attention to what the United States does. And, uh, and you, you're absolutely right that, uh, I mean, this, this new news that, that, that essentially uh, Iran is going to be allowed in this forthcoming deal to keep running centrifuges at uh, what the AP is calling a fortified site uh, is, uh, it, it just goes to show you sort of uh, the way that uh, the Obama administration approaches deals and, and trade-offs and things. It, it, it never seems to be a good deal for the United States, uh, but it is a deal and their their operating principle seems to be any deal is better than uh, than no deal. Which but, wait, do you be, do, but do you believe? I mean, I just I find it. It's, you reach a point of self parody. Is this White House really prepared to tell the American people we made a deal to stop the Iranian nuclear program that allows them to have nuclear material in fortified underground bunkers? I, I just can't. I can't believe it's like, you know, you're you're under arrest for bank robbery, but we're going to let you keep the dynamite, the C4, the you know, the cali- everything you need in the in the trunk of your car. It makes no sense. Well, the, the deal, uh, which, of course, isn't uh, completely public yet, hasn't been agreed upon, is already unpopular with people. This isn't going to make it any more popular, but uh, there is an ideological uh, insistence by the administration to push forward for this deal, that, that uh, it is important uh, and it is critical for this president to reach any deal possible with Iran to to have uh, this sort of historic significance to to change uh, what has been uh, long-standing uh, American policy that seems to be his operating principle here even though it does cut against what John Kerry has said uh, time after time that uh, a bad deal is unacceptable well if, if this isn't a bad deal and, and I think the American people who are paying attention to this by the way they're, they're not just letting this you know this go by or wash over them uh, uh, the American people think this is a bad deal I don't know how they're going to sell it maybe they, they sort of figure it's the end of the administration we don't really have to sell it anymore uh, there's another aspect to that brings in the Bill Bergdahl case which is if it's if it's true and once again I got to tell you I think that the underground thing I'm wondering if that's not one of those you you release some crazily bad news that turns out not to be true, so that people accept the only mildly bad news that you've got right. behind it. I'm very dubious about this report. But 
at some point, based on other reports, the president's going to say, I've made a deal with Iran. I'm not going to put it down on paper. You're not going to be allowed to see it. I'm going to agree to it, and you need to trust me. And it's going to—I know the first two words out of my mouth to my listeners on my talk show is going to be—those two words will be Bo Bergdahl. How can you trust a person who honestly thought that releasing five active terrorists at a time when we are actively fighting terrorism in those terrorist country— it was how if he's prepared to do that, how can you trust him on a complex, dangerous deal involving nuclear weapons and the Iranian regime? Yeah, I, I think that's right, and, and it sort of underscores, uh, you know, going back to, the, for instance, the Tom Cotton letter, or really any effort by uh, Republicans in Congress to uh, sort of put a, a stop to uh, this deal or, or, or put the brakes on it, it sort of underscores how important it is for, a, uh, for the opposition to uh, be full-throated and clear <clears throat> that this is uh, not something that uh, will uh, benefit the United States, not, will, it, will, it will not improve the United States' standing in the world. Uh, and, and I think ahead of 2016, you're seeing uh, Marco Rubio, Scott Walker saying we will reject uh, any deal that the, this president reaches with Iran. I think it's it's important uh, for Republicans to sort of, uh, uh, despite all this sort of naysaying and and, and kind of elite uh, foreign policy circles here in Washington, to uh, to be steadfast on this issue because uh, not only is it bad for America, but politically it's bad as well. And that brings me to the last question, uh, Michael Warren, which is for Democrats, if this turns out to be true, if it's this horrible, horrible deal that the president tries to essentially, you know, force voiced on the American people without the democratic process, do Democrats go, you know, down with the ship? Do they board the sinking SS Iran deal down and sink all the way down to the bunker where the uranium is stored? You know, despite uh, the sort of tendency for congressional Democrats, especially to sort of uh, go along with, with whatever President Obama uh, wants, to, de- to defend President Obama against any criticism that any Republican gives, uh, I-, I do think that Democrats have got to be looking past the administration, and, and really for the-, for the good of the country. Um, Bob Menendez is-, is-, is problematic in that sense because of the <laughs> investigation <laughs> Uh, and the indictment. He will be uh, the fir- he will be the firmest opponent of the Iranian deal in <laughs> Ward Three, Cell Block Nine. Exactly. Abs- he'll have across his orange jumpsuit. No deal with Iran. <laughs> and uh, maybe nobody will be listening. Uh, but the, look, the the, the, the the real question here is Hillary Clinton. Uh, what does she What does she come come down on this? And in a way, a really bad deal uh, is actually a, a benefit to. Uh, to Hillary Clinton, because then she can she can sort of come out and triangulate a little bit. But it's going to be difficult for her to do that, uh, given she's tied so much of her 2016 presidential prospects to uh, uh, her relationship with the Obama administration on foreign policy. Um, it, 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 I really, you know, it would be nice if she were a candidate and people could actually ask her uh, these kind of questions. But uh, it's it's a tough call for her, but if, if she plays it right, she could actually uh, uh, get a political benefit if the deal is as bad as we think it will be. Well, I actually sent uh, Mrs. Clinton an email, so I'm counting on it any time oh. now that to come back <laughs> to me. Michael Warren, thanks so much for joining us for the podcast. Thanks, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Grant.